Welcome to the Others and Brothers Podcast. I'm your co-host Sam Marsh. And I'm your co-host Jacob Marsh. Together, we We are are the Marsh Brothers. Welcome back. It's your co-host Sam Marsh. We have a great episode today as we welcome our great friend DP to the pod. Matt DP Delpup, aka the Detroit Stallion, is a born and raised Michigander. After stints in Tampa and Pittsburgh, he realized he was smitten with the mitten, pulling him back home. Currently the facilities project manager of North America for Fanuc Robotics, DP is also a CrossFit coach and fitness enthusiast in his free time. He also has the dubious honor of rooming with both Jacob and Sam during their time at Michigan State. It's an action-packed pod for y'all today as we cover everything from society collapsing to daily fitness tips. We had a lot of fun, and I hope y'all do too. Welcome back to the Brothers and Others podcast. I'm your co-host, Sam Marsh. And I'm your co-host, Jacob Marsh. Today we have a special treat, one of the few people on Earth who have lived with both Marsh brothers, Matthew, DP, but not for the reason you think, Del Pup. (laughs) 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 What an entrance, Sam. Well done. How are we doing? Fantastic, man. Just got back from yoga, so a little bit tired, but feeling great. How are you doing? Me? I'm good. I'm uh just got a haircut, so I'm ready to roll. I'm feeling fresh. I'm ready. I have gone the long hair route recently, so I can't tell you the last time I got a haircut. Are you still keeping it short on the sides, long on the top? High and tight. No sideburns, no mistakes, you know? <laughs> DP, I just have to say, you have always just had the most immaculate cuts, man, <laughs> from the time that I met you. It was always exactly the same way every single time very professional very business you know just uh, everything is right there but you definitely always keep that hair right on point man i I have to i have to give it to you thank you creature of habit if it works don't don't fuck with it you know so yeah don't try to fix something that isn't broken exactly no, I know one of our favorite things back in the day when we were in college and kind of sitting around was talk about a lot of like big <laughs> picture stuff, um, you know, sitting around the fire, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know one of the things that we were talking about, you had mentioned recently, is the global population collapsing. Um, yeah. Like, how serious of a problem is that? Um. Uh... Well, I'll, like a little backstory, I uh, I follow, I listen to a few podcasts, as I'm sure you guys do, probably why you got into this whole thing, and I was <laughs> listening to, uh, it's Modern Wisdom with this uh, Chris Williamson guy, and he had on a guy named Stephen Shaw, who just did a documentary called The Birth Gap, um, and it's kind of already started, like we're we're down the path of We've we've peaked essentially, kind of at that that just under 10 billion mark, and we're we are we're going. There are a few countries that are further ahead: Japan, Korea, Italy, and Germany, um, to name a few. And then the U.S. is kind of catching up. Canada's catching up. Most of Europe is catching up. Um, but yeah, it's uh, we're down that path where 
society set up for X number of people and we're going to have a generation of very, very old people with little to no young people to take care of them. So it's going to be, there's some stats and numbers if we want to throw them out there, but yeah, it's going to be interesting. I think. Who is the, you said the podcast is Chris Williamson. Who's that? Chris Williamson. Yeah. He's uh it's yeah. Chris Williamson. Uh, Modern Wisdom is the name of the podcast. He's got different guests on all the time, different topics. Um, very interesting. He's a British dude, lives in Austin, Texas, because he loves America or whatever. And uh, great city. Yeah, right. One of my favorite cities. But um, yeah, it's just it's one of my most listened to podcasts. I think just the breadth of top topics that he brings on, or, or you know, kind of scratches the surface of and this is one of the ones that i, I kind of nerded out on after after listening to um so yeah it's uh it's wild i think the biggest one that stood out just to start like the biggest stat that started for me was korea right now for every 100 grandparents there are or like grandparent aged people there are a total of four grandchildren being born um wait hold on can you say that one more time for every 100 people in japan 100 for every 100 Koreans, right, that are of grandparent age, right, we'll call it like 60 and older, there are four, four what would be grandchild age, grandchildren being born. They have a, Holy they have a birth rate, they have a birth rate of 0.8. And, uh, in order to maintain society at the level it's at, you need a birth rate of two. So two per grandparent or something along those lines. I'm going to butcher it a little bit because I'm still kind of learning and digging into this myself. But, yeah, it's kind of wild. So when did the drop-off start to happen? Because if they're at point eight now, you know, obviously it's right. not like they were at two last year. Is this something that right. are we talking like two decades, 50 years? This, you, it's kind of traced back, back to like the, we'll call it late 60s, early 70s. Um, we'll start – Got a little fact for you. Japan, 1973, 6% of women in the population, uh, were childless, right? So only 6% of the, you know, childbearing age women didn't have children or weren't having children. Um, by 1980, so in six years, that had risen to 30%. And it is growing, you know, I think it's the stat is like 0.1% every single year. Um, or month. Where's my months here? Yeah. 0.1%, uh, on a pretty regular basis. So it's, it's, uh, yeah, we're, the people wow. who are having children are having the standard number, right? Two to three kids. But the number of, pe- of people having children is dropping at an exponential rate. That's kind of, insane, man. Yeah. Now, what have they identified as root causes? And I would also say, like, is that the like, obviously, I know we need people, but I also feel like there has to be a certain point uh, where the world is just like, hey, you know, we can't have any more people on Earth or else yeah. things are going to get way shittier. Yeah. And this is uh, they actually kind of he touched on this both on that podcast and, and kind of on the documentary when I watched it. Um so, yeah, the 10 billion number was always kind of known as where society would kind of peak out like that. Just the maths didn't math to us, us populating the earth more than that. Um, and we've already started to level out, flatten out. And the way things are trending will be will be starting to decline. 
Um, I got off topic from what you were asking, but there. So yeah, it's it. We're on the we're on the we're at the peak is was what they're saying, and the 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 scary part of it is society set up in a certain way. So they use Detroit as an example. Uh, Detroit at one time fourth biggest city in the country, about two million people in it, uh, and then it very quickly dropped down to six hundred thousand or so, leveled out at six hundred thousand. Uh, and that's small scale, but kind of what will happen eventually. Uh, and what, what happens there and happened in the city was slowly one by one, your, your neighbor's house was vacant. The next house was vacant. Whole street ends up being a vacant, empty street. Those people have all left. There's now less tax revenue for the city to maintain these streets. These streets become, you know, derelict and abandoned. Um, from there, you can't just, you can't naturally condense a city down, right? You can't naturally just bring, okay, we're just gonna have everybody move in tighter and closer. So you end up with just like pockets of a few stragglers here and a few stragglers there. Uh, you have a nat. So extrapolating this out nationwide, if we're just going to talk the U S there's a certain level of tax income that's coming from, you know, our, our population as it is now, we're paying off national debt. We're paying into social security. We're paying into all of these government funded programs. We're going to still have this this large group of elderly people and in an infrastructure that needs to be maintained and this national debt that we need to pay off. And we're going to have fewer and fewer and fewer and fewer people in the workforce earning money, paying taxes to maintain and to kind of keep everything running, I guess. Yeah, I think our Social Security is screwed. I hate to be a yeah. Debbie Downer for our listeners out there, but yeah, just my a, personal opinion, I think we're screwed. Off as a now. sad podcast, I'll be honest. But yeah, it's kind of a, it's just a wild thing that that it's not being brought up, uh, or no one really knows about. In Japan, it's a big deal just because they've they've already realized, you know, we're we're in trouble. There, I think their their birth rates at like a one point. You know, 1.2 maybe, which again, two, two is, two is what you need to stay level. And, um, what's the U.S. Um, currently at? 1.7, 1.8. Um, oh boy. So like every, they, the way he kind of explained it, every tenth of a percent is about 50 to 75 years before you start to see the, the decline start to affect, right? So if you're down to 0.8, you know, if you're at one point, so two, if you're at 1.9, it's going to be like 250 years before you kind of start to see things happening. If you're at 1.8, you're down to 200, 175. If you're down to 1.7, it starts dropping and, you know, so on and so on. So like this isn't necessarily a our generation thing, but it's a we're on a path and it's already started and the math's not mathing, I guess, to keep, keep where we're at and keep how things are going. Um, yeah. Well, and certainly I, I could imagine where that's part of the reason it's maybe not getting talked about uh, on yeah. a bigger scale is that, you know, if it's not going to affect us directly, people kind of throw it yeah. to the side. It's um, a slow burn and you don't see, you, you don't see anything day to day that would indicate that there is this underlying, it's like, you know, Yellowstone, you know, the geyser is going to blow up at some point, but because nothing's happened every day, you don't really think about it. Right. 
Exactly. Yeah, that massive super volcano that's yeah. underneath the <laughs> national park. Uh, yeah. But as you mentioned, you know, Japan and so, yeah, Korea. It's, are uh, it's a very I wasn't saying anything. I think I lost you. Okay. Well, no, we I was just going to say, can you hear me? Yep. Okay, cool. Um, well, no, I was just going to say, uh, you mentioned, you know, Japan and Korea are much further along. Mm-hmm. Um, but even realistically, you know, for the U.S., it'd be 200 some years before we'd see anything. Do you think that <laughs> within our lifetime, we're going to start to see um, the effects of it? Or like, are we already seeing effects right now? No, I, I don't think. Um, I mean, I'm not an expert. This is just one of those little things that's turned into a fascination of mine. Um, but I think if, if the rate keeps declining, I think you start to see some interesting things. They talk about kind of in Europe and, and Germany was, was brought up specifically where they're a little further along than we are, where you have this, this generation of elderly people who are just alone already. Like they don't have kids. They don't have grandkids. And they're being taken care of now or need to be taken care of by people who don't care about them. Uh, and it's, 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 you know, you want to have your elderly be taken care of and kind of shepherd into the next step in whatever we call life and, and the afterlife and all that. And it, it's the way it's explained is when the population's collapsing, it's an upside down pyramid, right? Like, super, super high or super, super large swath of elderly people. And only, you know, a small percentage of that is being taken care of by younger. In order to fix it, you end up with kind of an hourglass shape where that middle generation that's pinched needs to start making a whole lot of babies and make them real quick. But then you still have some stress on on them as they're being like the breadwinners and moving up through society. And then a, a a well-balanced population or one that's carrying on would be a, a pyramid itself where you have plenty of, of young babies and, or, you know, just youth in general who are able to take care of the elderly population as they age out and, uh, and move on. Right. So I don't, yeah, think, I mean, those homes are awful too. Right. And I don't think we would, I don't think we're going to see anything, right. Like, you know, best case scenario, I've got 50 to 40 years not to age myself, right? Like, <laughs> you know, 50 to 40 years, right? I don't, I don't think you would see anything crazy happen, but the the biggest thing the guy, this uh, Stephen Shaw kept saying was like that the, it's already in motion, right? There's already only so many three-year-olds that are born, right? You can't make more three-year-olds, you know? So there's that, there's, there's a, it's already happened. And and at that point, like you just need to have exponentially more more babies per person uh, to to kind of rebound to where you're at. Yeah. All right. Although I can't imagine we're at that point yet, though, just because no. if we started it now, then we would get to the point of oversaturation. Since yeah, we're no. already at the 10 billion mark. No, I don't think I, that's it's it, that won't happen. Like. China's already on a path to go from they're at over a billion now. It's it's mathematically they will be at 600 million by 2050. So they're they're going to cut in half, no matter what they do. Their population is going to cut in half in the next 25 years. There's they're they're beyond kind of repair. And Japan and Korea are both on the same path. So 
there, what's the, what was the stat? I think 70% of the countries in the world, yeah, 70% of the countries in the world are already on the path of population decline. The only countries that are either at replacement level or above is sub-Saharan Africa. It's the only, the only place in the world that is on average at or above replacement value. Interesting. And I know wow. you had mentioned Germany. Um, Jake, didn't you mention before, like, while you're living there, don't they have, like, really big incentives for people to have children now? Yeah, they have this thing called Kindergeld, and it's money the government puts in the form of a paycheck in your hand every single month, depending on how many kids you have. And that's actually a very nice segue, because one of the things that I would suggest in order to try and mitigate some of this problem i mean if the government wanted to fix it which who knows if that's even something uh they care about probably not but if they wanted to they could easily do something like that and offer tons of assistance or tax breaks or maybe just straight up money to women that had kids and then you know i mean i'm not saying it would do everything you needed it to do but those kind of incentives are things that, you you know, if you're trying to fix a problem, you just you just got to throw as many darts at the board as you can. I mean, if you're talking about a population collapsing, like what is the alternative? You know, the alternative is. Mm, I mean, it collapses. We already owe, <laughs> yeah, I mean, exactly. That's my but that's my point. So it can't really get much worse than that outside of a mass nuclear death event or the sort of the planet exploding on its own you know yeah i want to apologize for being like a debbie downer on this podcast but this this has this has scratched like a weird curiosity in me and i've been going down rabbit holes so yeah um that was one of the the, one of the only correlations they could find was um the well-developed like the higher income higher um standard of living that a country had, the lower the birth rate there was. Like it was as poverty is associated, and it's it's kind of terrible to say it this way, but poverty is associated with having enough children to maintain that country's population. Well and that's what because that's why I was curious because you had mentioned Japan and Korea are so much further along. Did he explain why those two countries are so much further along than everybody else? Is it because the standard of living there is so much higher or are there other reasons that go into that? I think it's culturally uh, one of the things. Um, I know that and he kind of touched on it. He touched more on China, like they had the one the one child rule and and that's what's caused their massive problem. Uh, Japan is a little different. They're trying to encourage they're encouraging young people to even date because that's not even that's not even a thing right now in Japan. Like boys are not interested in girls in Japan. Like that that's that's another huge problem that, that they kind of came uh, to realize when they started looking into this is there's just not a not a culture of you know eighteen to twenty six, twenty seven, twenty eight year old dudes who want to meet girls and eventually, you know, I think eventually have a kid or have a family and have kids. Um, you know, it's, they've kind of another part of this whole 
thing that we were kind of digging or they were digging into and, and leaning into was that of all of the and it kind of it applied to men and women almost identically statistically um, of everyone who doesn't have children. Right. So like make that your whole your pie, just the people who don't have children. Ten percent were not physically able to have children medically, you know, whatever. There's there's 10 percent of that whole that weren't able to have children. There's 10 percent that did not want children. The other 80 percent of, of the people who don't have children currently, men or women, wanted to have children. And just it's too late now. They were they never did. Um, they just missed the window to have children. So it's kind of a, or at least yeah. they think they missed the window. Because to me, well, I don't know. I mean, you could be sixty and raise a kid if you really wanted to. Yeah, but no, the, it's not about raising a kid though. It's about well, physically yeah. having. Yeah. Yeah. So they. So yeah, it's, it's just a very interesting and also kind of it's it's kind of segued into the other topic. Probably I kind of wanted to talk about was you know there's there's this giant push of, of everyone kind of, you know, our age and, and younger to, you know, you want to get out of school or go to college, go to, you know, post-grad, get your career started. That starts pushing you into 26, 27, 28. Okay. Now I feel established. I want to try and meet someone finally. First one, you know, not so great. All of a sudden I'm 32, 33. I still haven't met someone, found someone, think it's great. I'm ready to have a kid. This doesn't work out. Now I'm 36, 37, 38. For women, it's it's like a, a a fact of biology that at that point it's just very very difficult to to have a child, right? It's just it is what it is. And then for men, same way, like it's it's not as difficult, but it's it's just as difficult at that point. And there's fertility and everything that you can go through, um, which works to an extent, but it's not nearly. It's not nearly as successful or as as consistent and, and as reliable as I think anyone would hope it would be, given the trends of of kind of how delayed the whole finding your person, starting a family, you know, how delayed that has now become from what it used to be, right? Yeah, sixty years ago. Hundred percent, dude. Well, and my dad and his dad so. are only twenty years apart. Yeah. And my dad is 33 years older than I am, I believe. Right. Yeah, 33. Yeah. So it's kind of wild. It's um, there's a lot of no, 32 and some change. My bad. Yeah. And that was like you. you Yeah. And when he had you, he was they were probably considered, you know, old to be having a kid. Right. And now we're 32, 33 and everyone's telling Oh, you got plenty of time. You're just getting started, blah, 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 blah. And it's, you're not wrong to an extent, but also, you know, kind of are nearing the last, you know, maybe half a decade of being really truly able to, to have children without some type of outside intervention or, or, or help, right? Yeah. Well, and you really described this situation perfectly because that really is, you know, the go to college, get your degree, establish your career. But then by that time, that's when you're in your late 20s. And if the first, second one doesn't work out, you're kind of going from catch up from there. Um, I also think, you know, part of the reason has to be the Internet. And what made me think of that was the other day on your Instagram story, 
you had some, you post a lot of his stuff. It's some sort of doctor, and he had said something about, uh, Galloway, like, Professor Galloway. Yeah, and it was yeah. talking about something about, like, receiving pleasure to, like, instantly or something, so that then yeah. you just get, like, uh, numb to it, I guess. It, it was obviously much more eloquently put than I just described it. Um, oh, Huberman. But, yeah. Yep. Dr. Huberman, which another podcast, if you guys want to go down some, very cool rabbit holes of legitimately science-backed stuff. The Huberman Lab podcast, available on Spot on Spotify, podcast, whatever, things everywhere. Phenomenal, legitimate. Dude was a punk rocker covered in tattoos from his neck down, but is a Stanford, Stanford for professor. And the amount of information he shoves into like a two-hour podcast that you can actually absorb and actually stay engaged in is kind of incredible. Not the sidebar. He's a neuroscientist. I, I've it's, listened to yes. it, DP. It's it's freaking awesome. Yeah. I would absolutely recommend it to anybody. He does a very good job of not dumb explaining it, but making it very concise and digestible for yes. pretty in my opinion, pretty much everyone. Um, yep. obviously and, I'm biased, but Yeah, agreed. And entertaining at the same time. That you don't feel like you're being talked at. Right. He's like talking with you when he's. Yeah, it feels like a it feels like a different version of of a professor almost not as dry, obviously, but still really cool. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, especially if it's not dry, because that was going to be my first thing. I was like, "Uh, does it sound like it's a professor talking to you? Because I wouldn't want that. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so I feel like all, you know, having the Internet and all the social media that comes with it, it then uh, allows us more and more to compare our lives to each other um, and then create some sort of artificial picture in our head of, like, the perfect uh, person. And I feel like that's part of it is that the Internet has made us somewhat too picky. Um, and then you're always, you know, as I see all the time, like people talking on like Reddit or Twitter, like, oh, red flags, red flags. And I feel like that's part of it is then people are just more looking for that absolute 100 out of 100. And I just feel like, you know, as much as everything in life, that there's no such thing as perfect. What do you guys think are some of the reasons behind it? Yeah, I think uh, I think you're kind of hitting the nail on the head there. Um, you know, there's always that, you know, that that lingering thought in the back of your head, especially if you just have to open up your phone. Like I have a thousand people I can just go look and decide this one's better than what I'm dealing with right now. I don't have to listen to them chew in a way I don't like listening to them chew or blah, 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 blah. Move on to the next one as opposed to, you know, what was it back in the we'll say even. I don't know, grandparents were getting married, 40s, 50s, coming back from World War II. You're going to the church and like the local Elks Club, you're going to meet one of the 10 to 12 nice, and I'm just speaking as a male's perspective, like nice young ladies from the neighborhood, right? That's who, that's who you had options for. And this one happens to be cute. She's got a nice smile, has a nice laugh. We get along really well. Okay. I've got a good job time to get a house and make some babies, right? Like that was, that's how it was. And it's turned into something, like you said, where it's, 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 where you're getting a constant dopamine hit of 
validation from strangers you've never met on the internet and you're not engaged personally with people, you know, in your day-to-day -day life. No one has like a consistent community anymore that they can meet new people through. Um, you know, everything's, you go to, like, you go to yoga, right? How many, how many new friends have you made in yoga class? Uh, a ton. Um, especially right. the older people, the older people love to talk, um, right. especially to me, I think obviously cause it's younger and the older guys. Um, but even like the older women and there's a few people that are closer to my age, but yeah, I mean, the older right. people are definitely the ones that are more friendly. Yeah. So there's your kind of like consistent, there's a consistent community that you have and, and, you know, going to yoga or going to a CrossFit gym, something that's a group activity as for us, I think is, is a very regular and normal thing to do. 95%, 90, you know, 97% of the population doesn't do things like that normally. Like that's not a, it's not a consistent activity for themselves, right? They go to work, they go to the store, grocery store, or now it's not even, you don't go to the grocery store anymore. You just get your groceries delivered, right? So you don't leave the house for that. And then you're just at home and your friends are on the internet or, you know, you're just texting the group of friends that you've known for your entire life to come or not even come hang out. You just text them and that's good enough. Right. So it's, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting kind of change from a humans being a very community and social species and having to do that physically and meet people physically where you have, you know, you can read body language. You it's weird, but like you can smell what someone smells like, you know, um, and now you don't have that. And I think that's part of probably a very, very large part of why we're, you're kind of seeing what you're seeing. It's just a generation of lonely people who aren't making babies. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. I think it has completely warped our reality as humans. And you mm -hmm. touched on a really good point, DP. We are social creatures. So that touch, sense of smell, as weird as that sounds, and looking at someone being able to interact with them face to face, it just goes such a long way. I mean, think about how much happier you guys are the week after you come back from seeing all of each other at the Beal reunions, you know, I mean, you can't, there's nothing that you can replace that with sitting in front of a TV or your phone, you get a small dose of it and you just keep doing it because it's so addicting. And that's, that's the whole point of those apps. They literally want, that is how they make money is that by they, they get people to stay on it. So it really is such a shame, and I think you have to do what you guys do, what we all do, which is find a good, you know, good balance. Um, it really is a shame with how warped reality is, though, man. People are just so much more worried about what's going on on their phone, and, uh, you know, I, I wish it was different than it is, but that's life. Yeah, and it's something Jake and I were talking about a lot recently, um, and you had mentioned it, DP, is how texting has now become, you know, obviously the number one form of communication, and it's really warped our perceptions of that along with social media of having relationships, just because, you know, you text a little bit, you see what's going on, their Instagram, their Facebook, and it's like, oh, I know what's going on in their life, you know, we're still friends like we were, but 
then when you like really take a step back and realize it's like oh no you can't really replace that in person um although i would say you know one thing i'm gonna really try to be better at this year is start calling and facetiming people because that's something you know i realized a lot with my grandparents um facetiming them is so much better than texting or even a phone call because then you get a little bit more of that face-to-face interaction, which, you know, as we talked about, humans need and they need to start having more of. Yeah, I mean, you know, like Jake said, when we have the, you have a Beale reunion or whatever, the leading up to it, everyone's engaged, everyone's super pumped. We have the weekends that the Beale boys tend to have, right? And probably... (laughs) Couldn't survive, couldn't survive. At this <laughs> Shouldn't be surviving at this point. And then it's, it's literally all you can think about for the next two, two to three weeks of, you know, when, how I want to figure out another time to see these guys again. I, you know, let's start planning the next one. Let's start planning the next one. And I, you know, you go to yoga now. I've, I've obviously like deep into like the CrossFit world. I've made some really great friends in every city I've lived in because of, and that, because of CrossFit and that's, I keep in touch with them as well as I can, just like you, I'm guilty of just shooting a text like, Oh, Hey, what's up? Or send 7,000 gifts and memes through Instagram and just consider that me keeping in touch with you. But you know, there's just something to be said for being in the same room or being even, you know, just in the same space as a, as a group of people. And, and I'm just going to go back to, you need to be with people to meet people. Right. You need to be with your group of friends. Maybe they see a friend that they didn't, you know, they haven't seen in a while at the same spot and start talking and blah, 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 blah. And then you actually you get a chance to meet someone as opposed to, you know, we're going to I'm going to harp on the dating apps because I'm guilty being 33 and single of, you know, kind of relying on them for a while, which starting to. No shame in that whatsoever. No No shame in in our game. You lean into and I, you know. You, you just lean into like, this is the only way to meet someone now. And it's, it's not, but that's, it's almost the only way society talks about meeting people anymore. It's, it's, you, you know, you talk to single, again, single guy perspective, right? You talk to single guys or talk to a guy like, Hey, she's cute. Like, why don't you go up to say hi to her? And you're at the bar just hanging out, eating wings and drinking beer. And you're like, no, 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 dude. You can't just go approach someone like up at the bar. Right. You know, like that's that's almost unheard of now. And our parents generation shit. My mom asked my dad out on the first date. Like our parents generation met in person, asked each other out in person. And that's it shows. I think the the in-person thing shows so much more of a kind of commitment or. I don't know what's what's the word I'm looking for. It's a more intimate connection. Yeah. Intimate commitment, you know, like actually having some balls. Figuratively, I guess, if, if, you know, the woman's asking them, the girl's asking the guy out, but like has some balls to come up and say, Hey, I think you're attractive or I'm interested in getting to know you. My name's Matt, blah, 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 blah. That like worse that happens. Hey, thanks. No, thanks. Whatever. Right. But you're not getting that through the apps, you know, it's, and again, back to what you were saying, it's just too easy to say, ah, I don't like that this person didn't put, didn't use the correct form of your on the sentence next, you know? Yeah. 
Well, and I would also say, you know, when we're younger, it's so much easier because you're forced in those situations. You have school, you're always going to be on some sort of extracurricular, whether it's athletic or non-athletic, all the way through college, you're forced into social situations. Um, And then into adulthood, there's no one that really talked about all the way up through college what to do in terms of making friends as an adult. And once again, I think the internet is partly to blame that it's made it worse because as we talked about now, most people are just so in tune to like, oh, I'm going to get home, watch the newest Netflix thing, or maybe just get on social media. And that's what I'm going to do. Um, and you keep mentioning it, but really those social groups, you have to go out and seek them. They're not going to come and find you. You really have to make it a goal and make that first and second step of finding the social group and then attending it in person and doing it consistently. And obviously, you know, we talked about, I think the easiest for us, since that's our background is athletics, me with yoga. Um, Jake's really good friends with the swim guys. Um, I don't know if you know this, but he's a master's water polo. Yeah. Master's water polo. And uh, well, I was going to tell a DP about your best friend. Jake, you play, uh, you play water polo? Yeah, I still play. Um, I didn't know you played water polo. Had no idea. (laughs) Sam. uh... (laughs) My sarcasm that's not coming through. Again, in person. (laughs) So much better. Uh, I I detected it. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, um, So what (laughs) Sam was going to say, by the way, is you know who works out at the YMCA that Sam and I go to? Lance Armstrong's stepdad. I see him probably three to four times a week. Is he on steroids? No, God, no. Definitely not. Yeah. Lance Armstrong's stepdad. He's got an in. He's got a source. He's very particular. (laughs) He will will not share a lane with anybody. He won't share a lane with anybody. So he will literally get out of the pool and wait if somebody asks to split a lane with him. He'll get out of the pool and wait because he just doesn't want to be – he doesn't want to share with anyone. He always wants his own lane. Um, he's a he's a he's an interesting guy. I can imagine. That's um, yeah. I I don't know. Seems like a grouchy old man to me, but that's fine. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Something I will avoid being, but it is what it is. <laughs> but I mean, besides athletic groups, I also think you know any sort of social group that you can find is going to be a good one. Um, you know, I every city I've been to, I always go to the MSU alumni group stuff. That's always a blast. Like they have a Euchre night once a month here in Dallas. That's super dope. Um, my mom does a book club. So I definitely think it's important for people once they get out of college. And I also think it's never too late. Um, but just to remember that you have to go out and seek those opportunities um, to really enjoy a healthy life. And yeah. I feel like that's one thing that when people are like, oh, I don't feel well. Um, like two of the easiest things is like, drink more water and get outside and interact with more people. Yeah, man. Like no one, no one tells you how hard life gets after 20, like we'll say 25, right? Like when you're fully in adult mode and you're at work 50 plus hours a week, you're doing everything you can to like, I'm going to go to work. I'm going to go to the gym. I'm going to try and not eat like an absolute whatever. And then on top of that, right. you're supposed to, if you haven't already, you're, you want to have some, you need to have some type of social life. You need to have, I think they've, they've done studies and I'm not going to quote it correctly or something or anything, but like 
men especially need to see their friends, right? Their tribe of humans, like once or twice a week to maintain happiness. Like the, the number one, the number one thing to maintaining happiness throughout life is, is friendships and relationships. Uh, and it just goes back to like, Amen, dude. And it's like, that's medic. That's not even just, you know, some Instagram quote that's making you feel all warm and fuzzy. Like that's met, that's proven. Like that's a fact. Like you need, Human, you need friends and you need relationships to be a happy, well-adjusted human being. And there's a, you know, it's, it's, it's not happening for a lot of, a lot of people. I think you guys are, are well, relatively blessed and, and set up well. I, I think I'm doing a pretty good job myself. You know, I have moments where I don't want to talk to anybody or be friends with anybody, but take a nap and drink some water. And all of a sudden it's like, yeah, I'll go out, whatever. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I've seen that a couple times. <laughs> no, never, 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 never. Don't never. worry, I'm just as guilty of doing the same. It happens. We just need our alone time. Nothing wrong with it. Yeah, you gotta recharge the social batteries, you know? So Yeah, hundred um, percent. Yeah, but it's it's I don't know, it's 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 an interesting in a weird time where everyone's pulled back into into the little dopamine screens, if you want to call them that, or the little the little feel good screens, and half the time they don't even make you feel that good. Yeah, a hundred percent. I mean, and obviously, COVID did not help at all. Like, I can't imagine. Um, you know, I think about all the time of the mental health of like kids that were going through so many pivotal parts of like childhood, whether it's you know part of high school, transitioning from high school to college, transitioning from middle school to high school, like. There's so many people that missed out on those two years of in-person um, social interaction that they absolutely need for their proper development. Um, but the other thing I would always say is, you know, part of it, I have to say, is the Internet. Because once again, uh, as you mentioned, people would rather just go to their phone, play on that instead of going out to see people. Yeah, there's um, there's a kind of want to there's a stat that threw that blew my mind the other day that i was again chris williams like another chris williamson kind of stat fact uh there are seven million there's in the united states alone there's seven million men who are of like the prime working age who not only don't aren't working but are just not looking for work and they're just sitting they're literally just sitting at home and when asked what are you what are you doing how are you spending your time their average the the what's the word i'm looking for the overwhelming the top response yeah the overwhelming response and what it aggregated out to was they're spending on average these 7 million men are spending on average 2000 hours a year watching screens that's that's what are they doing? Bad. What are they selling foot picks to get by? I mean, that wasn't, that's <laughs> that's, and that's what you have to start. It's like, well, what are you doing? We're a full time, 40 hours a week, just staring at a screen, right? There's, I mean, I mean that's kind of my job, to be honest. I'm not no, but that you have a job that you're doing that. These guys are not employed. They're not employed staring at a screen 2000 hours a year, sitting at home. A, a third to a half of them take pain medication daily. So they're just sitting at home drugged on, on pain meds, not doing anything. They're either video games, watching porn, what, whatever, watching, you know, what, 
cartoons, I don't know, but there's, there's a, an entire subset of, and it's men, cause of course it's men, that just sit at home and, and are not a part of society at this point. Uh, That's so depressing, man. Well, yeah. yeah, and I mean, it makes sense because there was, uh, I think it was just last month they released a report where now the majority um, of homeowners that are single are women. So that would go right along with your what you're saying is that, you know, the men are stuck in the basements just like, you know, people yeah. kind of predicted when we were kids back in the 90s and 2000s. I remember when that was like a really big trope when the internet came out, it was like, oh, you're going to end up being that guy living in your parents' basement, just typing away on the computer. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They kind of go along with it. They, there was a poll, uh, Pew did a poll guys the same age, right? 18 to 30 relative, you know, 2019, they pulled these guys, 61% of them were actively like looking for either casual or long-term relationships, whether it's, you know, I'm just going to go on Tinder and find someone to do whatever makes me happy or actually want to find a long-term relationship, start a family. 2023, right? Four years later, dropped down to just under 50% of men, same age group looking for relationships, right? So over half Half of men aged 18 to 23 at this moment are not looking for, they're just not looking for a relationship, casual or otherwise. Like, that's wild. That's very. The, and wow. the fact that you would admit that, right? Like, even if you weren't really looking, would you, I wouldn't have admitted that at that age if I, because yeah. who's going to say, oh yeah, no, I'm not interested in, you know, I'm not interested in that. Who, I don't know what single dude, that would have said that or says that. Yeah. Right? Well, and I mean, it goes right back to what we were talking about, you know, people not being, uh, I guess, comfortable or good at socializing. And it, once again, I have to admit, I'm not a you know professional. So I, who am I to say I'm an expert, but I always have to come back that I feel like the internet plays a huge part of it because once again, they're going to spend more time as kid behind those screens so that then they're not going to have those same skills growing up and getting those skills developed as they grow older of that in-person face-to-face interaction. Yep. Yep. Yeah. There's a stat, you know, back, we'll say 50s, 60s again, kind of always traditionally want meeting someone new, right? Third of the third of the way 33% of the way was through work, 33% was through friends, 33% was through school. And now with the internet, it's, it's over 50% of how you meet or interact with new people is online. Just period. Like there's the rest of that, the rest of those three items are all crammed into the, the 50%. So it's, it's completely taken over everything. Right. And you just, you're developing these relationships without seeing faces and without seeing people. And it's, it's wild to me. And it, and it shouldn't be like that. It should. I mean, it's just a really, really nasty side of the double edged sword because, you know, I'll give my personal example. I never had the wherewithal when I was younger to just go randomly approach a woman and try and talk to her. That just wasn't my thing. But what I liked about the dating apps was that once I was able to meet that person on a date in a one on one setting, I always felt like I could be myself, and even if the other person didn't like what that was, we had developed at least enough of a connection to go on one date. And, I, I mean, I will say the lone exception being the, the 
first eight, I went on my wife where I could barely talk properly and that's how you knew she was the one that's how you knew instead of i I, I forget what it was but i accidentally pushed her into a car because i didn't know how to react to a situation um hold on hold on on. like gently gently push her like playfully you know i never heard this story jake playfully bumped her into a car um she likes to tell it yeah i uh i was head over heels right away no doubt about it yeah. But like, again, like, from Jake was not soft. <laughs> <laughs> There's no such thing as a soft Jake Darshbump. There's no. So, yeah, but like, so that worked out well for you, right? Like you were, you were online, you, you were able to engage and, and got like I think, matches. Yeah, with- dude, I think that was the good, that's the good part of it. But the problem is, uh, and it's funny cause I wanted to ask you this. When did you start noticing it being like the only way that you could legit meet someone like around what age do you remember that feeling that transition had kind of passed? Oh, probably I'd say interestingly and interestingly enough, probably like when I moved back from Pittsburgh, to Michigan and or Detroit. Maybe that's maybe it was partly just change of scenery in a different kind of city that I hadn't that I wasn't as comfortable in. Right. Like I had lived in lived in Michigan for a long time, but didn't really do like the adult growing up in Michigan. I yeah. lived in from I want to say twenty three. Yeah, it's like twenty three until I was twenty seven. So I I did some I did the growing up figuring myself out there. Right. And Pittsburgh definitely had a a, a much younger um, there's two universities right downtown. It's, it's, it was, it was a little further along in terms of like the coming back story, right. Of Detroit, but like, it was just much more of a thing to go out. And that was what you were doing. Like you were going out to go interact with, with people. And I had a good fr- group of friends at the gym that we went out and, and yeah, it worked fine. Like met plenty of people, went on lots of dates, you know, had a good time. Didn't find the one because, you know, Pittsburgh girls are a different breed, but that's for a different story. Uh, moved back to Detroit, moved back to Detroit, and it was just, it, it's all of a sudden, you know, and I'm not Rico Suave either. Like, I don't have lines, didn't have lines or don't do anything like that, but it was just the, even just the, hey, you know, hi, I'd noticed you from over there. You were looking over, thought I'd come say hi. Like, that got immediately just, shot down right so damn okay and that was it wasn't just like once or twice like it was a, it was a consistent thing like i don't know what i'm doing differently here than what i was doing there in pittsburgh but uh, and that was 2017 so that's probably i think when the newer apps i i guess it was really just tinder for a while and what we had bumble and hinge now and whatever else i think that's probably when the newer apps started to get a little more um, regularly used, just looking back at everything. So I, I, at the time, it was just like, huh, maybe I just, I don't understand Detroit women now either, you know, and chuck another city up to me not understanding. But yeah, it's, it, it's, it's been different. And I've, the last year or so, like since COVID, especially maybe a year and a half, like it seems more welcoming to go out and just say hi or engage with people. I think, probably in a much better 
I don't know how to word this much better, like professional space. Uh, I, I feel a little more established. That might be, you know, I have my own house. I've got a really good career. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in a Dude, place. You are a catch. You are selling yourself yeah. way short here. No, 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 no. You no. are a hundred percent top of yeah. the line. But he's saying, I think what he's saying, he's he has a little more pep in his step, a little more yeah. wind beneath his wings. Hundred percent. Like COVID. I, well, I just wanted to broadcast to everybody because I just want to let people know you have one of the most eligible bachelors in Michigan on a podcast right now. So you know, a hundred percent. Especially yeah, hey, uh, Texas ladies, he has his own house. You can move to Michigan. No, nah, there's a failed there was a failed attempt to get on uh what's it called Love Is Blind with the Detroit recruiting. So you know that that one took a little. Uh, Little bit of the ego away from me, but that's okay. We'll, uh, we'll move on from that. Dude, that I will totally help you apply it to dating shows. I would love to oh, I already, you on a dating I did show. It. I did it. I applied and I had like never heard back. So I'm yeah, going to chop warm. that up for, nah, we're good. That's all we need. Just conf- confirm that I, I, I didn't need to be doing that in the first place. <laughs> no, man, we're going to get you, we're going to apply to MILF Island, F-Boy Island, Bachelor. We are not. MILF we Island. All of them. We're going to, yeah. we're done. We're going to apply for every single one and I, I guarantee one of them will want you on. I, I appreciate your sentiment, Sam, but, uh, <laughs> at, I'm gonna politely decline. Dude, come <laughs> visit DP. We'll have to you'll we'll have to go down to Austin sometime. There's plenty of eligible bachelorettes between Dallas and Austin for you. You gotta come visit sometime. I go yeah. I have to get you guys to come down when I go visit the McCafferty boys because I go down. I visit them probably two three times a year at this point. Or I try oh, to. Oh hell yeah, dude. Yeah, I love Austin. Austin's. I've I've sent out a lot of job applications to Austin. And it's just like, then you look at how much an apartment is versus what I'm paying for an entire house. And, ah. Yeah, did you shit yourself? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, it's double my mortgage. And I have like a very nice home in a, in a not cheap area of town here. And I'm going to go pay double my mortgage to live in a, in an 800 square foot like studio no i'm good a sweat box in the summer is what a yeah man i don't need that i don't need that so (laughs) so one thing i've always looked up to you guys for is you know both of you i've always thought have been putting your fitness and health at the top of priority list and always making a very very strong effort um as you guys have gotten older what have you guys kind of discovered in, you know, that I personally feel like it's even more important as I get older to worry about my daily fitness and health. Um, and yeah, as two guys I look up to in that sort of arena, what do you guys, you know, really think that people should be doing in order to take care of themselves? Sleep. Sleeping. Sleep. I'm right there. Sleep, Sleep seven to eight hours. Like, and be an asshole about sleeping seven to eight hours consistently at like 90% of the time sleep seven to eight hours a night and try to fall asleep at the same time and try to wake up at the same time as best you can within reason, right? Within like 30 to 45 minutes. But I think that's, if you're doing, if you're, if you're not doing that, it doesn't matter what I tell you. Otherwise, honestly, it really, really doesn't. So sleep, 
cicada seven to eight hours consistently in a dark room. Yeah, in a dark room without a TV, um, with like blackout blinds if you get them and don't mind like not being able to see your hand in front of your face when you sleep and as cold in the room as you can like comfortably keep it, you know, 65, 67 degrees and you'll sleep like a baby. And once you dial that in, then there's uh, getting older, less is more, I, I guess, not to completely take over this. I know he was asking you too, Jake, but like less is more. I used to, I was drank the CrossFit Kool-Aid and I was doing two hours in the gym and wrecking myself as a 25, 26 year old. Um, I'm doing an hour in the gym, right? Like a single hour. I do one big barbell lift and some type of conditioning and I'm beating. <clears throat> I also don't drink five days a week now, but like I'm beating. <laughs> That's the other thing. Cut out alcohol just a little bit, right? Like, yeah, I was going to say it helps a little bit, a little bit. Uh, but no, I'm like, I'm, I'm in better shape than I was when I was in my mid twenties. I'm, you know, 33 now I'm, I've, a bigger back squat, a bigger deadlift. I have a faster mile. I have, you know, I can do more pull-ups. It's, you know, consistency over time, less is more as you get a little older and just focusing on like some, the very, very basic, like big barbell compound movements and getting your heart rate up two to three times a week. And then one long, long walk, you know, trying to get as many steps in throughout the day, but then one day of the week, go on a big, long walk, 45, 60 minutes, you know, if you have a significant other, take that time as like a weekly recap and just talk, right? You're, it's a built-in time. Like you don't have your phones on you. You're just going to go for a walk, walk the dog, push your kid, whatever. Um, but I don't think it's super complicated to be relatively fit. Um, and all of this kind of goes without saying, but not eating like an asshole as well, you know? Um, that helps as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. My only weakness. <laughs> right? oh, dude. dude, serving size is one, right? Whatever container I open yes. of, of anything that's packaged, that is, it's getting eaten that day and probably within that hour. <laughs> if you want to talk about someone who really, like, truly doesn't have self-control, it's me. Uh, but it's, you know, yeah, prioritize meat, you know, protein at every meal. Meat, If meat's not your thing, just protein in general at every meal. I have my whole... I can go on a diatribe about that, but I won't. Um, protein at every meal, fats are second, and then lastly is you know throwing some leafy greens, and if you earned them that day, some 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 starchier carbs after a workout, a piece of fruit at the rest of your meals, and I think like if you stick to that, it's it's your money, you know. Sleep eight hours, eat real food, get your heart rate jacked three days a week, lift some heavy shit, and go for a long walk, and that's that's pretty much it. How many steps yeah, are I mean, nowadays, DP? I don't, I don't know. I'm on job site. I don't, I'm the type of person that if I was tracking that, I would become a little bit too obsessed with that. And, you know, like that would be what I focus on. I just, I, I walk job sites most of the day. Um, I, I know I'm moving enough. I'll check it. I'll look on my phone like once a month and just kind of see where I was at. And I'm, I'm between, you know, the seven to 10,000 most days. So. Bada bing, bada boom, 10,000 steps a day. I know that Sam is a big proponent of that, but, I mean, you hit the nail on the head, dude. That is everything you have to do. The only thing that I, I personally would add is I just think going on walks and walking, it is so easy to do 
I love using it as time, free time I get to spend with my son, with my dog, with my wife. It doesn't feel like a workout, but you are moving and you are telling your body that it needs to burn calories in order to give your body energy in order to move. I think for me, some type of, you know, just like you said, Matt, I recently just finally got back into lifting. Um, And I love the combination of lifting, uh, swimming, or up until recently, I'd just been walking because of uh, my tattoo was healing, but now swimming and uh, just walking, man. And then sleep, healthy diet. I mean, you can't really ask for much more. Sam drinks more water than any human I've ever met on the planet. So I'm sure that that has to be doing something great for him too. Um, but any kind of resistance training too, because I mean, yoga, Pilates, like you see those people, man, they're in great shape. And DP, if you, I don't know if Sam sent any of his progress with yoga, but he can basically put both of his feet behind his head now. So. Uh, that doesn't surprise me. I'm going to be honest <laughs> for, for so many reasons as to why you would ever want to know why that you could do that. And I'm not going to, I'm not going to dive into that. Trader Joe's out of peanut butter two weeks in a row. And I do uh, buy yeah. a lot of Trader Joe's peanut butter, but that's for my smoothie. <laughs> Nothing else. Trader Joe's and I are, are, are homies, you know? That's Trader Joe's, get everything I need, walk down the snack aisle in the frozen aisle, get myself two treats. Typically, one of them's a bag of scan- the sour Scandinavian swimmers, and I'll house that before I even get home. Yup. Uh, yeah, I love that place. That's my happy Those place. Are dangerous. Dude. Yeah, which is why the bag's empty. Within the 10 minute drive that it takes to get home. Again, self control is just not a thing I have. So I can't you know. speak highly enough of Trader Joe's. I live walking distance from one and it is the best thing ever. Um, but yeah, their gummies are hella addicting. They're yeah. delicious. Really all yeah. is. they have these, I call them Takis, but it's like these, they're rolled corn tortilla chips that are a chili lime season. It's like a fuchsia yes. lime, dude. Oof. So good. Yeah. I can't stop eating those until, like, my tongue blisters from the sp- – like, I, I just can't – you start and you can't stop. It's like Flaming Hot Cheetos but better, you know? I don't eat Cheetos or Doritos, but – I, I can never eat Flaming Hot Cheetos. Cheetos again, unfortunately. Well, yeah, that's what I'm it. saying. Oh, yeah, it is. <laughs> Dude, we were up at Lake Michigan and I ate an entire bag and I basically sharded while we were walking around the city up north and I just had to run as quickly as I could into the bathroom to take care of myself. Luckily, no shorts were staying in the process, but yeah, the next two days I was just, dude, it was horrible and I, I just, I can't eat them again, man. I never want to go. I respect that for you. That's fine. You should still give these roll these chili lime chips. A, a I shot. really want to. You have me convinced. What are they mm-hmm. called again? I don't know what they're called. I, I I couldn't tell you. They're like a rolled corn chili lime something or other. It's a fuchsia oh, green bag on the chip shelf. They're phenomenal. I can't. I yeah yeah. My mouth's watering. Like I'm on.
Oh, uh, well, I definitely think we're going to have to do a second pod, but uh, are you guys ready to move on to the top five? Yes. Let's do it. What's the top five this week again, Sam? Uh, top five workouts slash things to improve your health. Oh, yeah. I'm going to repeat exactly what I just said. <laughs> um. DP, would you like to do us the honor of starting off with uh, your number five? Uh, number five, like, is number five like the least important of the of the five? Uh, to you, or it could just be your five most important things. We didn't really put. Uh, really, yeah. you can define it however you want, man. All right, we'll I go. Personally, say my list is in not. It, it's not order of importance. It's just the first five things that came to my mind. Okay. Same. Five most important things I could think of. All right. First one, sleep, seven, eight hours. That's a classic. Yeah. I'm I'm just going through it right now. Second one. No, 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 no. We're going to, we're going to go around uh, at a turn and give each our fifth one. Um, But yeah, man, I I love my sleep. And like you said, you got to be a dick about it. Like I have my, sleep things set on my iPhone to go on like immediately at nine. So I'm always wanting to be asleep by nine so that I can wake up between five and five thirty and start my day. What's your number? Yeah, I gotta be, I gotta be, I have to be asleep before nine o'clock or I'm going to have a terrible day the next day. Um, for me, number five was, uh, fulfillment in life. So basically just finding your me time, for whatever personal activity you enjoy and making sure you have, you have your own personal time. Last week we talked with Alex just about mental health. And I think what people sometimes forget is that you can't be a good person if you're not taking care of yourself, which means you have to be doing something that makes you happy on a somewhat consistent basis. Um, and, and we touched on that a little bit today too. So. Just finding something that makes you happy, that is for you specifically, and making sure you take care of that. And maybe sometimes that's eating a bag of uh, Doritos, and maybe other times it's just going on a walk or, you know, going to yoga, Sam, or uh, going to CrossFit DP. You know, it really, it can be anything, but it just needs to be about you and nobody else. Yeah, and to kind of like succinctly put that together kind of something I've kind of thought about trying to phrase it cleanly that way is like you can't be giving people water out of your own cup if your cup's not overflowing right like the the you need to be you need to have your cup overflowing to be able to to give to other people and to not have that affect you right like you need to be in a place that you're you're able to give your extra right yeah it has to be overflowing for you to have extra to give yeah, that's a good one. Um, my number five was uh, stretch twice a day. Um, definitely more of a personal thing, um, but I think it's great for everybody, especially as we all get older, you're going to get less flexible. Uh, and I think it's just super easy to do it for five to ten minutes right as soon as you wake up and then another five to ten minutes right before you go to bed. And you're easily going to see benefits from it day one. What do you have uh, for your number four DP? Uh, number four. So I want sleep. Next one I'm going to go is see your friends weekly. Try and do something social. See someone you haven't or call someone you haven't seen in a while, but like 
maintain your relationships on a weekly basis. Yeah, that's a great one. And definitely something that uh, is my goal for the rest of the year is to really get into calling and FaceTiming people. Although, unfortunately, I don't think it's realistic that I could see you once a week in person. I mean, I got Delta Miles. I'll fly down. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it would have to always be down here during the winter because that's my no-go time back to Michigan. I guess I can I can work that out for you. That'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, just don't come here in February when we have our annual winter storm. Yeah, it's the only time it's oh, Yeah, the one storm that shuts your city down for a week and a half. <laughs> that would yeah. have literally been a ah. Oh, the roads are a little bit slick this morning driving into work back here. Uh, yeah. That's being generous, but yeah. It's or, so. Or, oh, I had to put a, an extra jacket on today. Yeah. Got it. Everybody thinks the entire office is going to close down every time it happens. It's like, you guys know it's only going to be just like 20 degrees out. It's not like the world's ending. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what do you uh, have uh, for your number four, Jake? I just had water intake. Uh, I mentioned it earlier. You drink an insane amount of water. I remember from living with DP that he also drinks quite a bit of water and it's really important. If you have a headache, drink some water. It's going to make you immediately feel better. Your body's made up of, I believe, the status 70% water. You need to be hydrated. I'm going to make you uh, a bit of a liar now, Jake. I, I went through a dark patch in my life where I was drinking nothing but coffee for a solid, like, four years. Uh, in I'm, college? No, now. Now. So, oh. like, I lost that. <laughs> Somehow lost that habit, but uh, I'm back on the trying to drink water train. So we're we're baby steps. I'm, I think I'm up to like 40 ounces of water a day. So we're 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 getting there. You got this, dude. Yeah, you'd be fine. And for what it's worth, coffee is mostly water anyway. So that was my argument. <laughs> Even though it is technically a diuretic, it. Uh, uh, I mean, what were you drinking? Like four or five cups of coffee a day, or something. I was drinking a pot of coffee a day. Yeah, that's fine. Ladam. Yeah. <laughs> Although I, I can't really speak because I used to drink Sam, a ton yeah. of energy drinks. <laughs> yeah. but, uh, I mean, luckily, I, you know, once again, I, I've changed my uh, drinking habits. Not anywhere to as close as much booze. And I can't really tell you the last time I had a soda or energy drink. Every once in a while, I'll grab like a Dr. Pepper because those are pretty tasty. Um, but yeah, water intake is huge and it's definitely easy. I mean, just having a water bottle, like, you know, a Yeti or any style of those where it's going to be a big ass thermos and keep it cold the entire day. Um, it makes it a lot easier. My number four was something that we kind of already talked about, but just adding a base level of 30 minutes of any exercise daily. Um, that's what, when I was like really trying to get my back into shape and you know, was done with PT, that was just really my base initial goal was like, hey, you know, I haven't done anything serious in years. Let's just get to 30 minutes. And once you get to 30 minutes, it's so much easier to build upon that. And now I go do, you know, an hour of yoga every day. And then on Saturday, I go to two hours because they have back to back classes. Um, And so just for anybody out there that's trying to get started, 
just do that first 30 minutes and just start from there and it'll be easy after that. Even if you can only start at five minutes, do that. I mean, really, it doesn't matter. It's just about getting the routine in. We are creatures of habit and you, you just start, start somewhere. You are what you repeatedly do. If you just continue on a path, it's the discipline and the routine that will get you through it to whatever level you want it to. But, um, yeah, I mean, even if it's only five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever, but, uh, yeah, shout out to you, Sam. I'm super proud of you and your yoga routine. You're kicking, you're kicking butt, dude. Yeah, man. I haven't, uh, I haven't given you the props that you probably deserve. I mean, both of you, honestly. But Sam, I remember there's, it was touch and go there with the whole back situation, and you know, you're just a big gangly dude, and I didn't understand how your body like functioned. To be completely honest, yeah, now not, did not well. function well. well. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> Seeing you walk like down Grand River, I was like, I don't, eh, I don't understand. But, <laughs> but yeah, yoga, man, like it's fixing you up. So it sounds great. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped that you found the thing that that you enjoy. And that's, you know, I, that's kind of, I guess I'll go move into my third. But it was, it's, it's move every day, but or or find something that that you want to do every day, right? So again, kind of just repeating what we keep, we all. Keep keep saying but find something that you enjoy that you get energy from that fulfills you and that gets the heart rate up some type of way um and i think you're you're well on your way to to moving better and feeling better on top of what you're already or what we're already telling you guys to do yeah i still can't believe you do crossfit every day that's insane if you want to talk about impressive i've always been amazed about you seriously that much crossfit and not just do it, but do it well too. But also, DP Marjorie Taylor Greene, good form or no? The people want to know. <laughs> I don't. Is she that? Oh, she's that senator chick who does who like. Yes. Yeah, she's the one. She's the one from Georgia that. Uh, yeah, causes a lot of controversy with her <laughs> polarizing <laughs> opinions. <laughs> I'm gonna be honest. I haven't. I don't know. I have. There's I, a viral video. That's a great answer. The, like pull-ups or whatever. I'll just assume it's bad. How's that? <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with bad. We'll just assume bad. <laughs> Deal. Um, my number three was just any, any type of resistance training or weightlifting, you know, Pilates, yoga, whatever, Tai Chi, weight, you know, CrossFit. Um, one of the, I think it was a Huberman, Huberman lab episode DP, but he was talking about, uh, muscle deterioration in adults over the age of 35. And I've, Forgive me for everyone uh, listening. I don't remember the stats. It's a very half-baked, half-memory. But essentially what the gist of what he was saying was is that your muscles deteriorate so much more quickly once you get over that age of 35. And the resistance training and strength training will help offset a ton of that. So even if it's just, uh, you know, push-ups on your knees or body squats, you know, and that's, and that's it. Anything is better than nothing. 
Um, but some type of resistance training a, a couple times a week is really important. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you relatively nailed it. Like it, not only will it offset it, but you can typically, like if you're doing it consistently enough and, and are able to build up enough strength or start with enough strength before age of 35, when you do start to decline, just hormones are, you know, again, like to go all the way back, hormones start to decline. You know, you're just getting older. You can, you can both maintain and build some muscle. There's some dudes at the gym who are jacked. Uh, and if I can be, and like, they're not, they're not on anything. They're not taking TRT. They just are super consistent. And if I can be 45 years old and looking like these dudes, it'll be a, it'll be a very good day. And, you know, again, chiming it, like bringing it back again, they've done studies, 80 year olds, someone who resistance trained versus someone who, you know, only rode a bike or, or kind of just stuck to like very, very, I don't want to call it low impact cardio because that kind of, but something where you're not actually kind of moving some weight or pushing anything. Um, that individual who, the 80 year old who, who was able to keep some lean muscle mass, like on their legs specifically is what they looked at. Like your thighs and your hamstrings, like their quality of life is infinitely better. They're much, you're much more independent. You can still typically do, you know, a lot of things at that age that, that people assume that an 80 year old shouldn't be doing. So. If you want to be 80 and like pick up your grandkids and maybe go for a walk around the block with your golden retriever, like lift some weights now and lift them smartly um, and do some resistance training and, and you'll be setting yourself up for, for something good. There you go. Uh, my number three was uh, recognize that you are your only competition. And that's something I think about a lot um, just because, a lot of times I feel like it's intimidating for people to get back into physical activity, whether it's at a gym, uh, a basketball court, uh, you know, a CrossFit gym, anywhere you're going to go, you're going to see other people who are already much more advanced in their journey and you're going to start comparing yourself to them and then maybe start getting insecure and then not want to do it. And so I think it's just important to for everybody to recognize, you know, a lot of times comparison can be the thief of joy um so really you know you're only competing against yourself at the end of the day um now with that being said i, I definitely think there's room for a healthy competition um you know i would love to get as good at yoga as like bennett or some of the ladies in my classes that absolutely crush it um but still at the end of the day i just recognize that i'm only competing against myself day in and day out and that's how i mark my progress yeah, man, the the little thought in your head of like, oh, I don't want to embarrass myself. Literally, every other person in the room has is thinking the exact same thing. They're not thinking about you. They're thinking about not embarrassing themselves in front of you. They're not they're not watching you. So for everybody out there, no one no one remembers your mistakes like more than you do if they remember them at all. So fucking send it and you'll be fine. Just do do, do what you want to do. <laughs> what do you have uh for your number two dp uh number two uh yeah the lift heavy one um you know lift something heavy two to three times a week at least uh if you can if you can handle more and, and you're you know you're not beating yourself up uh, go for it I, I think there's something to be said for for two a minimum of two like off days from lifting and and doing anything that kind of taxes uh taxes your body that way and but uh yeah three to five days a week at the most uh lifts lift some heavy shit 
and you'll be much better off as an older gentleman or gentle lady. Plus, muscles are cool, so. (laughs) (laughs) Just build some muscles. They don't hurt, that's for certain. Or at least getting them kind of hurts, but. What about you, Jake? What's your second one? Um, well, mine was more of a, a mental thing for improving your health, but, um, you need to, you need, and it kind of ties along with what DT was saying about, you know, being ashamed if you can't do something at the gym. Like, you have to be willing to fail at things in life in order to get better. And I would, argue that it's better to live in the extreme of pushing yourself to failure as often as possible than it is um, to not seek it out at all. And I don't mean to like jump in front of a car to see if you can survive, because guess what? We know the answer to that. It's probably no. But when you're trying to get better at something, so improving your health, whether it's mental or physical, like you just have to know that you're going to make mistakes you're going to fail, but ultimately what you learn, or in this case, you know, when you're repping a weight to failure, you know, your muscles learn to grow, uh, when you feed it, uh, when you feed them. And I think it's just important to, to recognize that you're going to fail. You have to accept that as part of your journey to, to get healthier is that you're never going to be perfect all of the time. And one, it's impossible to do so. And two, it's not going to make you better if if you go into it uh, not being able to recognize that. Yeah, I mean, I tell the new hires I train all the time, like, I want failure because failure means you're trying to do something new. You're trying to do something out of what your normal reach is. Uh, so, if I, you know, I think failure is encouraged in a sense. Yeah, I would agree. Um, my number two, originally it was sleeping, but DP already said that. So I'm going to switch it to, uh, getting a breakfast in, um, which is something, you know, growing up, I was never really a big breakfast guy. I didn't really think that was that important. Um, but as I've gotten older, you know, I just realized you really do need that first boost of energy in the day. Um, and even if it's something small, you know, some fruit, uh, you know, peanut butter, something like that, but just, uh, making sure you get something to start your day. You know, me personally, I go with the smoothie and the peanut butter. That way I get fruit, protein, bada boom, bada bing, ready to go. In that smoothie, are you putting like a whey, po- like some type of protein powder in it? No. Should I? Yeah. Is peanut butter not enough protein? Peanut butter is not a protein. So... <clears throat> It's not. I mean, it, it, it gives you protein, but it, it should not be considered like a a protein first source. Right. Um, Piratia is another like very, very well. He does a very good job as well of explaining like sports performance and, and kind of going along those lines. He's got a good podcast um, that I listened to. And he was just I was just listening to one on him and he was talking about kind of intermittent fasting uh, and, and how, yeah, you, there's benefits to the intermittent fasting, but it's really just like that caloric deficit and that you, if you want to do that, you still need to be having a breakfast, right? So going along what you said, like breakfast, very, very important, but you need to be starting out your day with like 30 grams of protein. 
like 25 to 30 grams of protein, whatever source you want to get it from in order to get that from peanut butter. I think that's going to end up being like eight tablespoons. I think a serving size is two and you get like nine grams of protein in it. So you would need like eight tablespoons of peanut butter, which is probably like your daily intake of fat at that point that you've already blown on breakfast. Um, so try like, try like, uh, like Greek yogurt or a vanilla protein powder or something that's going to give you that protein. And I think one protein satiates you really, really well. So that will, it'll add to the peanut butter. That's already got the fat that's, that's satiating you. And two, like you're feeding your muscles, you're, you're helping even more so to kind of blunt any wild or crazy insulin spike that's going on in the morning with, with throwing, um, with the fruit and everything that you have. But I think, yeah, breakfast, super important. Get some protein, get like 25, 30 grams of protein in whatever way that you can figure out how to do it. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with that one being, being a good one. Yeah. Good um, looks on the protein powder. You'll have to afterwards text me what are some good ones I can get off Amazon. Um, it's funny that yeah. you mentioned Greek yogurt because that's what Jake is big on the Greek yogurt in the morning. Yeah, I see him eat that yeah, every day. Yeah, I have that. I cut a banana and some peanut butter. That's pretty much my daily breakfast. There you go. It's beautiful. Um, and this is a terrible segue into me saying that what we really all need for breakfast is that if you are ever in the East Lansing area, you need to go to Sparty Coney <laughs> Island. Okay. <laughs> my absolute favorite breakfast place of all time and yeah sam was i was the exact opposite of sam i am king of breakfasts i love breakfast food i could eat eggs and bacon and potatoes or whatever i could eat it any time of the day it does not matter oh a, a diner breakfast dude i will i will i will slap someone to get out of my way to let me go have like a true like a, just the crustiest burnt crispiest corned beef hash, two sunny side up eggs, an English muffin with more butter than you know what to do with a side of bacon and like the darkest burnt grossest diesel fuel of coffee that you can find. That's, that's, that's my breakfast. <laughs> that's my death row meal. Sign me up, dude. Yeah. And hash brown, like, yeah. Table, t- table cakes for everyone. But yeah, that's my, uh, that's my death row meal. <laughs> Yeah, no, luckily Sparty's had Coney Dogs at breakfast, so that's what I would do as a kid. <laughs> that is why we love you, Sam. <laughs> the only person I know that could eat Coney Dogs at 7.30 in the morning. Four of them, too. How's it <laughs> <champ? laughs> you, uh What'd you have for your number one, DP? Oh, my last one. Great segue into uh, just eat appropriately. Right. So hot dogs for breakfast. Um, yeah, no, eat, eat appropriately. And I, I you know, food is food and, and what people eat and, and why they're eating it. It tends to be a very, very, very personal decision. And I'm not trying to tell anyone like you should be eating animal protein or you should, you know, I do have thoughts about being a vegan and, and it being very, very difficult to do correctly for like the average person. But I think just eat, eat appropriately, prioritize protein. The less processed shit you eat, the better you're going to be. I, I know we've talked about Doritos and 
chili lime corn chips and sour Scandinavian swimmers and uh, balance is a huge thing and not being so dogmatic in your ways that you that you like deprive yourself of fun but I think you know Monday through Friday eat like an adult and eat vegetables and fruit and meat and Saturday and Sunday you know and probably Friday night and whatever but like enjoy yourself and don't be a complete asshole about it and you'll be you'll be more than good to go um I think the biggest thing in this is that people don't eat enough protein it's it's just a general rule of thumb like no one eats enough protein no matter what source you're you're choosing to get your protein from moderation is key for a lot of things in life yeah especially when it comes to the sweets how much protein do we need to be having each day um so it kind of ranges and it, it depends on what you do right if you're if you're lifting heavy if you're in the gym and you're trying to if you're trying to like either keep or maintain muscle mass, like a gram of protein per pound of body weight is, Ooh, is wow. needed, which I think is a little heavier than most, most people, uh, even, even try to do. Um, I can send some links and some more podcasts of some very, very smart people who, you know, have the literature to kind of back it up. I think if you're, you know, just relatively active and hanging out, you can go kind of, you know, I don't want to say half a gram because that's that's just not enough. But you know, three quarters to a you know three quarters of a gram per pound of body weight, I think would would do you well. And protein's one of those. It's it's a I don't want to say it's free, but it's almost a free macronutrient in the sense that like it is it is so hard for your body to to break down if it's not being used to actually build muscle that it you your body cannot store it as fat. It's either it's either used for rebuilding or it's it's you just get rid of it so if you're if you need a snack or want a snack and you you know normally you would reach for like a bag of chips or an apple or whatever like maybe grab a couple slices of like some decent lunch meat or you know i don't know beef jerky beef jerky that's not like the if you can right if you can like get some of the better beef jerky but at the same time like don't throw like the baby out with the bathwater. Like protein is protein. Like get what you can afford and, and try and prioritize whole real foods. And I think, yeah, I've, I think I've said that at least eight times now, but whole real foods, prioritize protein. You need to eat more protein than you think you do. And, uh, yeah, everyone's going to, all my friends should be jacked after listening to this. So well, we it. could do a whole nother podcast you kind of started to mention it but just the fact that america is set up where they want you to basically be fat because they make it too expensive to live as healthy as possible but, yeah i mean we can go on a a whole i was in greece last summer i never spent more than like on like the biggest fanciest most blowout meal that we would have like a couple of the nights I didn't spend more than 40 bucks and it was like fresh fish that was caught in the bay that I was looking at right now. It was vegetables that were picked two hours ago. It was, you know, gorgeous, beautiful meals, right? Organic, you know, line caught, whatever you want to, whatever you, the taglines you see at Whole Foods that would normally cost you 20 bucks a pound of whatever I was eating, you know, 40 bucks total. Bottle of wine, dessert, appetizers, full entree. You had to roll me home, and it was forty dollars done. Yeah, forty euros, I should say, not even forty, like forty euros, not forty American, like 
It was cheap. And you try and eat that same thing here and you're going to spend a hundred bucks on yourself. Yeah. If not more. Yeah. Easy. So yeah, that's a, that's a whole nother, whole nother thing. You know, the funny thing is DT, there's a farmer here that we get our eggs from and buying a dozen eggs from him. I think it's only 50 cents more expensive per dozen to buy from him than it is to buy from the grocery store, which is crazy. And how good are those eggs? Oh, dude. I mean, <laughs> the quality is, it's, you can't compare the two of my super orange yolks. Like it actually tastes like an egg. Like it's, it's, yeah. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Most definitely. And I mean, just adding on to your, to your whole thing, you know, you really should be, you know, nuts are another decent way to get some protein. I mean, it's not a lot, but if you wanted a relatively healthy snack, yeah, like I remember you used to always talk about eating almonds and cashews and uh, obviously not like a bag of uh, Mr. Peanut Peanuts, but, you know, Trader Joe's has those bags of cashews and almonds and walnuts yeah. and whatever that you can buy. And they do. They take the – you can even buy like prepackaged – like it's already in the serving size. Like you just pull out the little baggie. Now, I've – been known to just sit down with the entire big bag and eat like four or five of the little baggies in one sitting because again, self-control is not a thing I have, but every size is personal size. Exactly. Serves one. <laughs> Serves one. But yeah, dude, like a handful of nuts, it's, you know, moderately okay. Protein, decent fat. Like you're, it's going to fill you up. Try and if you can, don't buy the salted ones. Cause Fat and salt and crunch are like the three flavor combinations that we are genetically predisposed to just being able to overeat. Like it's our, like there's no tomorrow. It's just what we evolved to enjoy and throw some sugar on there and you're just, you're, you know, you're, you're losing your mind. It's like a, yeah. So unsalted, roasted, it doesn't, it's not the most flavorful thing, but that's kind of the point too. If you're trying to, help with your own little self-control is don't make everything like wildly delicious, I guess, if that makes sense. It's depressing, but it is what it is. Yeah. I mean, that's what it's all the additives in the processed food that makes it taste so delicious, but that's why yep. it's also bad for you. Yep. Jake, what uh you have coming in at number one? Uh, Number one, all I had was sleep, like you guys. We don't need to go over it. I just said get a good night's sleep. I mean, we've said it over and over again, so. Yeah, can't beat it. Um, it's uh, My last one was uh, do whatever or really find what makes you happy. Um, and I feel like that's always the easiest way to get into, like, working out is just figure out what's going to make you happy, you know, for DP. It's CrossFit, Jake, it's water polo for me, it's yoga. Um, you know, you just have to find something that's going to, you know, make you happy. And it's, you know, much like how they talk about, like, oh, if you like your job, you're never going to work a day in your life. If you really enjoy the workout you're doing, it's not really going to feel like, oh, God, I got to go and do it. You're going to look forward to doing it. You're going to want to go do it every time. Yeah, 100%. I look forward. Yeah. I love the to preach the crossfit thing, but like I I go to the gym, I work out for an hour. There are nights I'll just sit there and hang out with my like hang out with the friends. Now I enjoyed the workout, but I went and I made it a social thing. I'll hang out for an hour, hour and a half if I don't have anything else to do, and just see all the people that come through. You talk, 
everyone checks in, sees how you're doing. You can, you can turn fitness into a social thing. And, and I think doing that, finding something you enjoy, turning it into a social event, making some friends that also have the same kind of values and, and, you know, are looking to kind of do the same thing. You know, they hold you accountable. You don't show up for a week. You start getting a few texts like, Hey, where are you at? How you doing? We miss you. And then you're like, ah, let me get myself back on track. Blah, 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 blah. I think going to a Globo gym and just lifting, even if it is your favorite thing in the world, like you, it's so easy to, to not be able to be consistent with it. If you don't have someone accountable, like get a friend that says they'll come to the gym with you if, if you both enjoy that. But yeah. Yeah. Um, or even find the, the one person in the gym that's always coming at the same time as you. I mean, you know, once again, it's easier for you going to your CrossFit, me going to yoga because it's a schedule class with people. But I would say, you know, even if I was going to go lift weights, if I'm going the same time every day, I guarantee there's other people doing that. So just yeah. be the person to say, hey, you know, like, oh, you come, you want, can you spot for me? And, you know, start a conversation and friendship grows from there. Yeah. Don't be uh, Lance Armstrong's stepdad and uh, get out of the pool lane when someone else. <laughs> you, you know? Well, he is very social when he has his own lane. And well, that's ridiculous. Next year, but yeah, no, he's just very particular. He's a very particular man. Uh, he's an interesting no. cat, dude. I'm sorry. He didn't earn. He didn't earn that. No. Yeah, he not sharing a lane is wild. Unless you were like, I mean, if Michael Phelps came in and was like, "Hey, I don't want to share a lane." Okay, hey, I understand, man. At the YMCA, hell no. I would tell him to read the rules, just like I told the last person that tried to give me some shit. Because yeah. He didn't want to share a lane. <laughs> you're coming to, to open swim and you want your own lane, dude. No. Sorry. I would be honored to split a lane with Michael Phelps. Are you kidding me, dude? Michael Phelps would be honored to split a lane with Jake Darsh. <laughs> probably not but it would be pretty sweet to split a lane with him yeah it's so funny bp speaking of which this ymca man they have some of the weirdest most entitled people at this place dude it is insane it's because it's a ymca there, well, those it's are places. where it's at in dallas it's in uh park cities which is where highland park is so it's like the ymca right where all the richest people live so um wow. Yeah. Unrealistic expectations on my part, I guess. That's all right. You're used to the world letting you down of your expectations. Let's be honest. (laughs) 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 I learned anything from living with you. If I learned anything from living with you, there's there's no meeting Jake's expectations. You're going to get close. My own expectations. I mean, I've gotten a lot better, but you know, having a son has definitely made life a lot easier for me to process that kind of uh, that kind of stuff. But yeah, I uh, yeah yeah, I was definitely like that for a very long time. I'm still working on it, but I appreciated you for it, like looking back. But right, like in the moment, I was like, dude, we're like 19. Chill out. Yeah, uh, yeah. My mom, my mom always used to make fun of me. She said I was an old, uh, an old person in a young person's body. Yeah, you're an old soul, but you know that's why we love you. I love you too, man. Yeah, it's been great having you on, dude. This was a really good one. Yeah, would love to do it again. Maybe a less, uh, a less kind of Debbie Downer topic to lead her off with, but yeah, whoa, would whoa, 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 more whoa, whoa, whoa. than happy to do this again. 
wrap it up yet. We oh. still have two more things. Oh, oh sorry. <laughs> no, I know. I was just – we didn't wrap it up. I was just, you know. It, it was it was starting <laughs> to feel like a wrap-up. That's why I was, like, slowing it down. I was, oh. Don't you dare wrap this up. Yeah. I was crazy. My bad. <laughs> um, but we still have the quote zone. Oh, yes. quote zone. Here we go. You want to do us the honor? Samwise. Uh, you want me to kick it off? Yeah. You were DP. Um. So this one, you both should be able to guess really, really fast. Um, and it's from a movie. Uh, I know you don't smoke weed. I know this, but I'm going to get you high today because it's Friday. You ain't got no job and you ain't got shit to do. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's Friday. It's Friday. Yeah. Uh, How many times I just, have the three of us watched that movie together? Well, <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's what specifically the one Friday where I came over and took over uh, M Gold living oh, room. <laughs> the one Friday you came over and took over every literally every Friday. Yeah, but didn't you have, like, no classes on a Tuesday or something? I just could have sworn there was one random weekday you'd be over a lot, too. Yeah, every weekday. <laughs> and then I'd try and, like, tuck my, myself in. And this happened at Beale, too. But I'd try and, like, go tuck myself in, and then no. No. Oh, come on, DP, just come on out and hang out. God. All right. I have class tomorrow. <laughs> All of a sudden, it's 3 in the morning. We make it a pizza. <laughs> We're gonna have fun, I swear. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Oh man. No, those were the days. That's okay. <laughs> DP, uh, would you like to regale us with your quote? Yeah, I kind of I pulled this one up, uh, just kind of like it felt right based on. Uh, yeah, coming back on talking with you boys after it's been a while. But uh, nothing delights the mind so much as fond and faithful friendship. Uh, yeah, kind of goes back to relationships are important. Keep in touch with your friends, all that good stuff. And this is a quote by uh, Seneca. So, yeah. Man, that's okay. perfect. Who's Seneca? That's a, uh, I think a philosopher. I'm Googling it right now. Yeah. That's the right word, I think. He wrote some books. Uh, yeah, he. It looks like he's a philosopher. Yeah. Yeah, and very poignant for the episode. Yeah, that's perfect. I love it. Well said. Well said. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. He's a Roman, so there you go. Ooh. What you got, Morris Jake? Um, I have a quote. I don't know if either of you will get it, but uh, it it is is it slavery when you get what you want. Jesus. Oh. Why does that make me feel bad? Is this a, a recent one? I feel like I remember seeing like a politician or something. I don't know. Who no, is it? No, it's it's a Dragon Ball Z quote. It's from Vegeta. When, of course oh. it's <laughs> when he has No. New rule. New rule. Jake can't do Dragon Ball Z quotes. No one knows those. Uh, basically, really, all, 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 all the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, Vegeta is a very complex character in the series, and he has allowed himself to be taken control of by this evil wizard in order to give himself more power so that he can defeat Goku, and that's really all he cared about. So, really, 
obviously it doesn't really have much to do with our podcast. I just like it because he is so singular in his purpose, the way that the way that the character is, excuse me. And uh, because of that, you know, it's a very Spartan like mentality, very diligent, very regimented, you know, very, very supremely focused. Um, so, yeah, that was it. I like it. Speaking I'll of Spartans. I remember the Dragon Ball Z uh, for next time. Yeah, new rule. Speaking of Spartans, though, uh, next year's basketball squad, national championship or bust, in my opinion. 100%, man. It's going to be dangerous. I'm really excited, especially after this year. Yeah. Yeah. Pumped. Uh, next, we got the word of the week. Oh boy. I'm unprepared. I'm unprepared. Okay, that's totally fine. I can that's the word. No worries. No, that's the word of the week. I'm prepared. We'll use oh, that really? one. Oh, really? <laughs> we'll just use that one. Uh, yeah, unprepared. Uh, mostly because it's kind of how I felt like my whole life is gone. And you're kind of just like fly by the seat of your pants. You'll figure it out. Fake it till you make it. Yeah. Unprepared. Dude, that is that is exactly what life is. You think you think you're ready for fatherhood? No, you're not. There we go. No, you're not. You think you're ready to raise a kid? No, you're not. I thought I knew. I was definitely not. You have to grow up. It doesn't matter how old you are. You know, life. That I mean, that's natural, man. There's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. See how well I was able to make that word work. First poopy diaper. Yeah, you pulled it off really well, man. Thank you. That was impressive. Thank you. Uh, my word of the week was uh, went very well with uh, everything we talked about on the pod, as well as uh, Jake's quote. But uh, motivation, uh, the reason or reasons one has for acting or behaving in a particular way. Um, and, yeah, I mean, you always got to find out what motivates you in life and, you know, that's why you're going to do everything you do. I got a question for you. Yeah. Both of you, actually. Motivation, right? Which is more important? Motivation or discipline? Discipline. Why? Discipline is more important because you're not going to have motivation to do something every single day. You will have the discipline to do it just by going there. So if you use the example of going to the gym, getting there is 99.9% of the battle. Motivation is not going to get you there Monday through Sunday. It might get you there Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but it's not going to get you on the days where you don't want to go where you only got six hours of sleep instead of seven to eight, where you were up at 2 a.m. the night before, you know, doing whatever, drinking, smoking, just watching TV, eating a lot. Like your discipline is what is going to power you through. The motivation is only going to make it easier on the days when you don't feel like going. I feel like it's a spectrum, and I'm not sure when it becomes motivation and when it becomes discipline, because I would actually say the opposite. I would say motivation is more important, because in terms of, like, what I do for fitness, like, I don't think necessarily – I mean, I guess I am a disciplined person in some aspects, but when I think about going to do yoga every day or going to exercise, it's, you know, I what motivates me is what gets me going. I don't really think of it as discipline. Um, What about you, DP? I don't know. I feel like, yeah. It's the routine that's your discipline, Sam. It's the routine that's your discipline. 
But what motivates me to do that routine? If I didn't have that matter. motivation, then I wouldn't have it. No, the motivation can start you, right? And I, if you're asking me, I, I'm, I'm team Jake, right? I'm team discipline. The motivation is what gets you started. The discipline is what has you going. I don't know how long you've been doing the, the yoga every single day and then two hours on Saturday, but the discipline is what keeps you going now. Like that you've built that discipline in and you, you're a disciplined person. You don't even think about your motivation. Like, yeah, you think about like, this is why I'm doing this or whatever, but that's not what's driving you to, to get in the car. Like it's, this is your discipline. This is what you do now. And this, this is, this is it. This is, it's my decision that I'm doing this every day. That's not a yeah, You're right. And now that I think about it that way, that makes much more sense. Cause yeah, now, I mean, it's been, uh, what, eight, seven weeks that I've been doing it that consistently. So you're right. And now that I think about it in that frame, I would definitely change my answer and say the discipline is what's more important because the motivation is the first step, but what's more yep. important is keeping those steps. And that's the discipline. There you go. What do you have for Jake as your word of the week? I had the word omnipresent, and it means widely or constantly encountered, common or widespread. Um, I just, I just thought it was a cool word. It sounded cool. I know I hear a lot of people use it, and to be honest, I wasn't a hundred percent sure what it meant. Um, but yeah, it was a cool word. Yeah, and the Go Dragon like Ball Z, they have the Omni King, so. And he's say. powerful guy. <laughs> Omnipresent uh, feels something very much like, uh, you know, there's a spirit over, over watching you or always kind of with you. Yes, yeah. most definitely. Yeah. Well, and I feel like, you know, at least for you and me, DP, we are, we were always kindred spirits in that regard in our crave, craving discipline and craving the routine that I, I mean I function much better with the routine and I know from experience that you also function very well with the routine I think that is that's something I always enjoyed uh, uh, about living with you is that it was very easy you always knew what the schedule was it you know it, it's just one of those things that's nice to to have someone else that's like that in your life all the time you know yeah, Not that other people aren't, but when you're in college getting to know people, that's something that not everyone has, you know. Yeah, I think I think guys especially need need guardrails, right? Whether that's a routine, whether that's like a job that or class or school or whatever that like wakes you, makes you wake up, makes you brush your teeth, makes you. Because at the end of the day, like an 18 year old dude isn't exactly like fully mentally developed and gonna make the best decisions. Most days, you're not even really making good decisions until, well, I'm still not making good decisions. But <laughs> you know, having having that <laughs> having that kind of the the your routine and, and and having just like knowing that there's someone else who also is kind of learning into that or leaning into that same path is is it's your guardrail. It, it keeps you on track. It keeps you kind of accountable for yourself. And I think that's that's something important for uh, for most people. A hundred percent. Well, guys, it has been an amazing pod, and yet it well feels done. like it wasn't long enough. We'll definitely have to get you on again, DP. Absolutely. Um, more than happy to uh, hop on again. Just uh, let me know when, and I will. I'll make myself available, I guess. 
Of course, man. We'll always love to have you back. Um, anything you'd like to plug on your way out for all of our listeners? No, I mean, yeah, no. I keep thinking about starting back up the uh, that. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Brothers and Others, hosted by the Marsh Brothers. We wanted to remind you to email us at brothersmarsh at gmail.com with any questions you'd like answered on the pod or any topics you'd like covered. You can also follow us on Twitter. Our handle is at brothers, capital N, others. Last but not least, ensure to leave us a five-star review wherever you get your podcasts. That's That's it for now. now. Until Until next time. time.